Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Bitches Be Brave podcast, where we talk about support for each other and what it means to be brave as a mom, as a woman, as a working mom. I'm your host, Bev Steele. And quite frankly, work-life balance is crap. We all just want a life. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It's been a long time, and I'm so excited to be bringing you today's episode. It's one that I've been thinking about for some time. You know, we as working moms talk endlessly about our guilt, our stress, our worry, our worry about our children, and quite frankly, we never quite feel like we're enough at work or at home. So recently, my oldest daughter was home. We're having one of our many heart-to-heart talks about her childhood and the struggles of wanting it all and then feeling bad about that. And our talk took an amazing turn. And I asked her if she'd come on and tell her story. Her view of being a working or being a child of a working mom, not being a working mom, not yet, but being a child of a working mom. And, you know, I really thought her perspective is one that's important for all of us to hear. It holds up a mirror to what is in our head, to what we struggle with, feel bad about, feel guilty about. And her story, I think, will surprise you. You know, it really did me. And it may allow you to be okay with not being okay. So I'm excited to hear uh, what you all think and for you to meet my daughter. So here we go. Hey guys, we're just taking a quick break to tell you about an amazing new wine that we just discovered. You guys know that nobody loves a glass of wine more than we do, but when we learned what is actually in the wine that we were drinking, we were shocked. No wonder we were getting headaches, brain fog, and having trouble sleeping. That's right, Heather, but then we discovered dry farm wines. Dry farm wines are organically crafted, unprocessed wine free of sugar, additives, and lower in alcohol. These wines are amazing and they're better for our bodies and our planet. Now we can enjoy the pleasure and euphoria of wine without the negative effects of higher alcohol consumption. To find out where you can try these amazing wines and get a special Bitches Be Brave discount, click on the link in our show notes below. Hello, everyone. I am so excited about our guest today. We have Kylie Steele, and Kylie Steele is my daughter, and I will tell all of you a little bit more about why we're going to have Kylie on today. But before we go there, Kylie, welcome. Thanks. I'm so, (laughs) so strange to be here, but I'm happy. Thanks, mom, for having me. Well, I'm so happy to have you here. Before we start, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I am 21. I'm a student right now at the University of California, Berkeley. That's actually where I am. Um, I'm studying molecular environmental biology, which is just a very long way to say biology. And um, right now I'm working at an animal hospital up here. Uh, I'm a pre-veterinary student, so I'll be applying to vet school this fall. And yeah, that kind of sums up what I'm doing right now. And you just turned 21. I did. And you just took me to Napa, not last weekend, but the weekend before, and we had a fun girls weekend. Exactly. So if any of our listeners have any kids that are turning 21, send me a DM and I'll give you some good (laughs) tips. We had a great time, didn't we? Yeah, we had too much fun. So So Kylie, the reason I wanted to have you on today is that 
you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about being a working mom, the challenges, the struggles, and really looking for support. And I thought recently when you and I were talking, it would be really great to have you on to talk about having a working mom from your perspective. So I just wanted to start by asking you, what, how was it growing up with a working mom? I feel like when I think about that, like people usually think of, oh, mom's not around very much. You know, they're going to work all the time. You're like missing out on opportunities. But I think something that is special about who you are as a mom and just my childhood is that never once did I ever feel that way. If anything, it was like, wow, my mom does it all. She works full time. She's always home. She's here to play with us whenever we want to bother her enough. Uh, she would take us to all the soccer games. Like she's super mom in my view. So for me, having a working mom was like having the pinnacle of like a role model in just who, who you are still to this day. It's a little different because I'm at college now. So I don't get to see you doing your podcast all the time and your job and doing it all. But um it was more like having a role model in who I aspire to be now that I'm going to school and starting to look at the future, turning 21, hitting these milestones. So, yeah. I love that. I need to get a tissue right now that oh <laughs> made <gosh>. me cry. <laughs> so, so thinking back, I know it's hard to think back in your 21 years. What? Cause I did travel. I traveled for work and I had, to leave you sometimes. And that was really, really hard on me. I know even when I went back to work after maternity leave, which I had three months, I was fortunate to have three months off. When I went, I just felt like I was leaving part of myself back at the house. So it was very, very hard. Um, and, and then I did take a new position where I could work from home, but I had to travel. So do you remember what it was like when I would travel and I would be gone? Yeah, we used to have Grammy come over. And she would feed us copious amounts of junk food. And it was like the ideal, ideal break from having to eat healthy food. And it's all, it's all in like moderation. Like she would come and hang out with us, but it was never like the norm that mom was gone. It was never the norm that dad wasn't around. So it, it always felt like, um, like a break from quote unquote real life but it never felt like, I never felt you were missing out on anything. So I it was can't, kind of fun. It was so much fun. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's funny that you bring that up because as a mom, you want your kids to be eating everything perfect and on a schedule and doing all these things. And I remember having to really kind of squelch that need to be like, no, they can't have five Dove bars <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night because I, I did know that, if you could have some fun and some distraction that maybe you would miss me less and it would be less of a disruption for you. So I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. Do you remember what my role was on how, what would happen if the trip was like two days versus four days or five days? What I would do? Oh, would you leave us presents? Yeah. 
I totally, this is like going back into my memory bank, but I do remember that you would leave us little gifts and we would get to open one every day and they would be like waiting for us and it would be like almost a game. Like it was almost like, oh, mom's leaving, we're getting presents. Like it would be so exciting. Yes. So funny. And I would be like, okay, how can I make them think that I was there, know that I was there, know that I would care? So I would leave like a little, and they were so ridiculous. (laughs) What would you leave? I mean, they would be, I mean, one would be, I would leave, I mean, it could be just like a piece of candy or like a really crazy piece of cheese eraser. I mean, it it would be that silly. And then I would always write a note and then I, of course, would take a, an opportunity to plant a seed like I hope you're brushing your teeth oh my gosh I remember (laughs) this specifically reminds me of when Avery was born um and you brought now I know that you brought us my little ponies but at the time you told us that Avery brought us my little ponies um and I was so excited because I was like okay little sister can't be so bad if she's bringing us my little (laughs) did you believe it I did. I was like, wow, she's pretty cool. Like she just turned up with the stork and she brought the My Little Ponies. So something. Did you think, gosh, did was mom had Avery in her belly plus a bunch of My Little Ponies? (laughs) No wonder. No wonder she was so big. Maybe the stork brought them. (laughs) Yeah. So getting back to like the, the trips. So I remember also I would bring you a present home, but only if I was gone so long. Do you remember that? Yes. And it would be like just the tipping point. And then you'd get home and you'd bring your suitcase in and we'd all be sitting around waiting for you to open your suitcase so we could see. I mean, you still bring little things, but it was like, we would all sit around and wait and you'd be like, guys, can I just put my stuff down? Can I? <laughs> and I said, um, we'd be like, once you got to the door, what have you brought us? I loved it when I'd go to a trade show because I could just walk the trade show and pick up all this really crazy, dumb stuff. And you guys would love it. It would be like the best. That's so (laughs) funny. It's funny, like pulling the curtain back on like all these memories because everything is bigger and better when you're small and young and you don't realize it. Um, But that's so funny. And it's so fun to hear it from your perspective because I think I spent so much of that time feeling guilty, like, and not feeling like I was a hundred percent at work because I was feeling so guilty about not being home. And then, you know, of course, when you're at home, then you're thinking, gosh, could I be doing more at work? So there's that struggle. So to hear it from your perspective after, and that there are, were ways to make it more fun and not seem so, you know, like you had lost something. You almost see, you almost act like it's, you gained something by having a working mom, right? Oh, I definitely, I definitely think I gained something by having a working mom. And I think like, again, it's like the role model that you have where you worked full time and you did it all and you did it flawlessly. I mean, obviously from your perspective, there were definitely like kinks and stuff that you could have worked on. But from my perspective, like there was nothing going wrong. Um, so it's a lot easier for me to just be like, oh, only positive, no negatives. Yeah, I would just go scream into a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> just so you wouldn't know. I'd be like, oh. It's funny because I used to complain about traveling too. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have another trip. But now that we've been through this pandemic for the last year, I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait. Mm. Not wait to go travel for work again. 
Yeah. So sit in between, like they had people like squished together in an airplane again, which is just crazy. Like you wouldn't even think of that before as being so bizarre, but now it is. I know. Like I was hoping they were going to put plexiglass between people or something. (laughs) So yeah, we're all kind of grossed out about germs now. Mm -hmm. Like going back to that is not good. So how about, what do you think about for your life as far as, as potentially being a mom one day and how you would want to kind of plan and structure that? I know it's such a weird thing to think about because to me it's like, oh, it's so far in the future. Um, But as I get older, these conversations get more real. And I think that's something that is like unique to your job is that you're able to work from home. And so that's why one of the big reasons why I was like, mom's always here, mom's around, like when we're not at school, um, when we're at home, she's around, she's working. And so it's like a beautiful thing that you had, but again, it's not available to like most working women or even like most working moms. So I think that being able to find that balance of, okay, if I'm going to work, how am I making the time that I spend at home even more valuable, even more special? And I think that's something that is such a delicate balance that moms have to have to walk is that, okay, when I get home at the end of the day and I'm tired, like that's the beginning of the day for the kids. Like that's the beginning mm-hmm. of the day when they get to see mom for the first time. Yeah. And I, I think that it looks different for everyone, but that's kind of like the mentality that needs to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that for me, I was working in a job where I had 45 employees. I was a general manager and I had you. And I knew when I went back to work that that was just not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. I did not have you to be leaving you every single day. So I had to be brave and I had to go to my boss and say, you know, I, I just can't do this. Um, and fortunately they valued me as an employee and said, what if we try this? a new role, which ended up being fantastic for me, and we'll let you office from home, which was not really heard of. Now, today, everybody's officing from home, of course, so it seems like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's no big deal, but it was a big deal. There was trust that had to happen there. Um, So, you know, did I, I I make a sacrifice? No, I don't really feel like it was a sacrifice. My career would have taken one way had I not done that and went another way, and um, ultimately, you know, I was I feel like I was able to have it all. I was to be able to get all those great things I had from work. Cause you do, you get great kudos from work and satisfaction from work. And I also got to be a mom to you and to your sisters. And I mean, I feel very lucky about that. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think another thing is like, it's not the big things that people remember. Like I don't remember how many recitals you went to or like necessarily how many soccer games, but more the fact that like, you took me to ballet practice. You took me to soccer practice like every single day. Um, and like you were making dinner. It's like the smaller things that like build up to be the norm rather than the big things that like, are you making those every once in a while? Cause like you had times where other parents would take me to like soccer games. And that's not what I remember. I remember the fact that you were taking me to soccer practice every other day of the week. Yeah. And that's really what I tried to stress today is as companies having support for working moms because if a mom has to leave to go take their child to soccer practice it isn't going to make them any less apt 
to do great in their job. They're going to literally get it done before, or maybe they come home after and they're going to get it done. They're going to get it done. So managing by results and not tasks and allowing people to have these full lives is so important. And I'm really hoping that the whole pandemic and people working from home, that people are going to like leaders will be more compassionate that employees need flexibility. Yeah. So I do remember a story that you told me once. Um, and I, and when you told the story, I'm thinking, God, I was probably just so exhausted, but you tell a story. I think we might've been on vacation where you were swimming and I wouldn't get in the pool and swim with you. <laughs> do you remember this? And it crushes me and you're like, I'm never going to do that to my kids. So tell that story. Well, this just sticks out in my mind because it was so few and far between. But I remember we were at the pool one time and you would not get in the pool. Like you're in your cute little bikini, you were tanning, you were living your life and you wouldn't like drown yourself with me and like get in the pool. <laughs> and I get it now. If it was like me now, it's like, okay, yeah, get your tan mom. Look cute. You're in your little bikini on vacation. But when I was younger, I was like, why won't she play with me? Like, why will she not get in the pool? And so so we can play sharks and minnows or whatever game it was that we were playing. Yeah. Um, but it stands out because it never happened when I was younger. Ever. I just wonder, you know, I wondered that point. I'm trying to think, was that Hawaii? Probably. Was it? Cause I, I wonder if I was just not feeling confident, you know, I had had you and then I had your sisters and then here I was in a bathing suit. Maybe I just didn't even feel confident walking around. And I hope that wasn't the reason. I hope it was, I was just exhausted and just ordered a pina colada. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I do, I do think those are the types of things that I wish I had more time to do. Just, you know, I remember playing Polly Pockets on the ground with you in the family room and stuff like that. And knowing that I had a million things to do and trying to think, I just want to sit here and play with her because I know that this time will pass and I'll regret it. So I'm sorry I didn't get in the pool with you, Kylie. You know, it's but honestly I'll a trauma to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I owe you a pool date. Yeah, okay. Wait, I'll hold you to that. It's almost summer. So you want to be a veterinarian and that's going to be a big job. I mean, that's, I believe, a much bigger job than I, than I am doing. So how do you think you'll navigate the time doing that? Uh, honestly, like speculation, I have no idea. I think that um, just looking at the career path, right, you have school and then ideally for me, I'd like to go um, into an internship and then residency. That looks like not having an actual quote unquote real job until you're in your 30s. Um, so I don't foresee, uh, the idea of having kids until I am in my thirties, like till I'm established at least having um, a job. And I think that that's not scary for me because you modeled it so well. I think in some circles, the idea of waiting that long would be like, whoa, 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 slow down. What are you doing? Um, but for me, it's like, yeah, that's perfectly normal. And I think as my generation gets older, the age that people look to having kids just gets farther and farther back mm -hmm. as and you know, continue to try to like be established in their careers. Um, 
but I think that it's something that I'm going to have to figure out as I get older. You know, as I'm working in internships and residencies, I'm going to be working overnight, unideal hours. So that's not something that can be sustainable um, I, for me personally, for starting a family. Yeah, yeah. Some well, I do it. You know, some women have kids in vet school and that's more power to them. Yeah. And I think, you know, like my, my mom, your grandma had me about the same time I had you in, in my thirties. Yeah. So, and I, I never thought anything of it. And I also didn't have that yearning until I got into my thirties about having a child. So I was just enjoying my life, working my career. And I think that naturally you'll kind of know when you feel like you want to start a family and there isn't a rush. You shouldn't feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm hitting this milestone. I need to do this. Yeah. So to be able to allow your life to kind of evolve how you want your life to evolve. Of course, I don't want you to have kids way too late because I want to enjoy them. But <laughs> A lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think for me, it's like, I foresee the desire to have kids in the future, but that desire is very much in the future. Yeah. Like I anticipate wanting to have kids but no part of me wants to have kids. I'm 21, very young, you know, still trying to get school done. So there's a lot, there's a lot that needs to change. Right. You have to go through that process too. You have to then, you know, get your first puppy. And oh, exactly. Yeah. That's going to be the first baby, the grand puppy. Yeah. And are you going to be excited for that one? I am, but don't get that baby too soon either. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a fish. What's the timeline for the puppy, Kylie? Um, see, the thing with the puppy is if I'm like in school, I'm going to have to like leave it at home all day. Like I have yeah. to be able to take it out of the, like right now, I wish I could get a puppy, but I live in an apartment in the middle of the city of Berkeley. Like it's just not, it's not fair. I'm happy to ship Coda to you. Coda's our <laughs> dog, by the way. <laughs> Coda is a special dog and, you know, he may not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but he's cute. <laughs> he's got personality, let's say that. Yeah. It's a good thing he has personality. So, Kylie, if you were to tell our listeners three things, like three things from your perspective working, or not working, growing up with a working mom, what are the three most important things that, that they should think about? That's such a good question. Okay. The first thing that comes to mind is time. It's like the most difficult thing to master, but it's obviously the most important. And I think that first and foremost, you should be thinking about um, time. And then secondly, intentionality with that time. So it's not just, am I going to sit on the couch and like, take a nap while my kids finally get to see me, um, which is so understandable because I, I know, like I, I do not even do half the things that working moms do. And I get off my shifts at work and I just want to veg and I don't even want to talk to anyone. And so I, I get it. Like, and I, I get it to the extent that I can't even understand, but that's something that, um, that moms take on as a challenge when they're having their kids and something that in addition that if, the husband is around, like husbands can also be helping out with. I think we put on way too much pressure on the moms to do it all sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. And then the third thing that I could say, hmm, this is such a good question. 
He actually said three things. <clears throat> Time, intention, and give some work to the hubbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been talking about moms so much, but where's, where's the dads? Where are the dads at? Why aren't hey. they helping out? And I ask that question a lot. Like, do we do everything because we think we have to or because we want to control it all? Mm. Yeah. I mean, you and I are a lot alike in that way that, like, I mean, people don't even want to, like, cook or bake with me because, I mean, you know, I'm such a control freak. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good point. If, if, like, we as women want help, we have to release control. And I think, Mom, that's something that you also struggle with is that you want to do everything, you want to do everything, and it gets to a point where you boil over, and nobody even knew you were close to boiling over because it didn't feel like you were asking for help. Yeah, yeah, and you're so good about that sometimes when I'm like, ah, and you're like, okay, mom, (laughs) what's really going on? And you're always right, you're always right, and that just makes me laugh. You take me right out of it. (laughs) Yeah, I just feel like the straw that breaks the camel's back is obviously never the root of the issue, but for sometimes for you, it's like, it's such a small straw. So you're like, okay, what's the real problem? What's going on? So, well, you know, I think it's like, just like I, I practiced when Grammy would come, I'd let her do, you know, feed you guys candy all day long. I, I should have been that way with your, your dad, just kind of like, it doesn't have to be perfect, whatever. You know, I'm always planning all the vacations, the, the flights, the everything. But I know like the few times he's tried to do it, I'd be like, why'd you book that time? Like, what'd you do? Like, then I start looking at it and it's like, you know, we know that I want to make sure my hotel room is right. Right, Kylie? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you plan a killer vacation, so I can't really blame you. But it is discouraging. It's like, if you really want that help and you have to relinquish that control because otherwise the other person feels like, okay, she's breathing down my neck and either way. So why should I be doing this? Why isn't she just doing it? Because at the end of the day, it's almost like you're doing double the work now because you're doing whatever other task you took on and supervising um, that other person when they really don't need it. Just two things could be done in a different way and still be done well. Right, right. And recently your dad started cooking and he never did that before. And that's been a huge help. And you guys are going crazy about his cooking. He's such a good cook. (laughs) And you would only complain about my cooking. So I am more than happy to give that up. Pity party for mom's cooking. (laughs) (laughs) Am I not right? Okay, so I think that's a great one. The dads, husbands, they need need to be able to, to help. And we need to let them help and just bite our tongues because you're right. It could bite different. It might be better. Gosh, if we gave them a chance, it might be better. And I think that your point about time, you have to schedule time. You really need to schedule time, like a break, um, schedule time with your kids. Then it kind of takes off the like, oh my God, I'm trying to do everything. I know like I would, I used to, the headquarters for my company is on the East Coast. So I used to say, yeah, I can do a 6 a.m. meeting. I can do a 7 a.m. meeting. And finally, I'm like, why am I saying yes to these things? So I just blocked my calendar so no one could schedule a meeting. Did anything happen? Yeah, they scheduled a meeting at a time that made sense for me. 
So you can take control of your schedule like that. I don't think you know that as a young employee. You just think that you have to react and do everything everyone's saying, but just test the waters. You, yeah. you don't have to, you can take control there. Yeah. I mean, I had a moment, um, with this place I was working at where they were like, Oh, we really need you to work on Sundays when I had explicitly, you know, I had stuff on Sundays for school and I had a moment where I was thinking, okay, how can I move around my schedule to like make this work, to move these clubs around, which I wasn't really able to do. And I had a moment where I was like, no, I can't work Sundays and nothing happened. I was still able to get my schedule. I was still able to work those same hours, but I was just so overwhelmed with guilt. Like, oh, I can't do this additional task. I can't move all these things around. And I think there's so much power in telling women, you can say no, you are able to do that. And I think that is something that we just, we don't, we don't, we want to say yes to everything. And it's so mm -hmm. damaging sometimes. You have to be able to say the word no. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, your reasoning was because you had things in your life that were important. Your life should be as important as your job. And if a company is going to judge you because you're taking control of your life and voicing what you need for a full life, then there's a problem with that job. Maybe that's not the place that you, you want to be. So I commend you because I don't know that I would have been that brave. And I don't think I was that brave that young. I just thought I had to do everything my boss told me to do. Hmm. <laughs> hey, not a perfect person. Not a perfect person. Yeah. So the, uh, the last one that you said was intentional, like really giving that time and being intentional. And I, I think that's important because sometimes we think, oh, well, you know, let's watch a movie tonight or whatever. Like, you know, is that, that's not the only together time that, that you can have, you know, mm -hmm. there's other things that you can do. And I know that like just when our family plays volleyball or playing Fortnite with you, <laughs> or you know, do, going to the game room, like doing anything like that is always really good quality time. And it's not just watching a screen. Mm -hmm. So just really pushing yourself to get out of, you know, having experiences more than watching other people do things. Yeah. I mean, one of my fondest memories growing up is when dad used to come in and read us books at night. I remember he used to read the Chronicles of Narnia. That was like one of the most exciting series that we did. But like looking back, I'm like, dang, that took so much time out of his day to like, he used to sit outside our rooms and just read until we went to sleep. And it was just like, uh, it's such a fond memory when I look back. Yeah. And that also, you know, as the time of night when mom's like, oh my gosh, I am done. And <laughs> for him to have picked up then and sat outside and read, you know, he had that he has that voice that's just so soothing. I could never listen because I fall right asleep when he starts <laughs> starts reading. But you guys would just fall asleep. It'd be effortless. So that's good. I'll have to tell your dad you said that. <laughs> He's going to get too big of an ego. <laughs> A bigger? No. Yeah, exactly. Just kidding. So Kylie, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Is there anything else that you would like to share or that we didn't touch on? Um, I just want to like encourage all your listeners that I feel like some, so many, like the idea is like, I'm never doing enough. Like you felt that way. You weren't doing enough. You felt guilt. And I 
think that your kids don't notice it. You know, like if you are really being intentional with your time, you're trying, you know, you're setting aside time for your kids. That's what they remember. They don't remember the like one or two or three times a year that you were not able to come to their events. You know, they don't remember that on Fridays you have work meetings, so you can't do X, Y, and Z with them. Mm -hmm. You remember all the times that you could. So I really do feel like the idea of like, you're not doing enough. We need to stop that cycle. Right. So as long as you're hitting most of those milestones, it, it reminds me of when I was in the hospital after having you, there's so much pressure as a new mom to be able to nurse. It's like, oh my gosh, I have to be able to nurse. I'm going to be a whore. It starts from that first, you have the baby. And then it's like, you have guilt because maybe your milk's not coming in or you're just so sore or not, you know, not enough. And this sweetest nurse came in and said, you know, as long as you're breastfeeding, you don't have to do it the whole time. You can give some formula to give yourself a break or whatever. And that was like so freeing to me. Now, you're complete, you're healthy, your sisters are healthy, and it wasn't going to kill you to give a little formula to give mom a little break. And I think that's along the same lines, you know, as long as you hit most of the milestones, you know, don't be that parent that never, ever, ever comes to school, right? Mm -hmm. Who's, who's going to be that? Um, but those times that you do need to miss, allow yourself, you know, to miss it and be okay with it. Yeah. I, you need to give yourself grace and like, in addition to that, like, you know, no one's, no one knows whether or not you gave formula those three times. Like, ultimately, we have to understand that, like, the minute, minute details, like, let's look at big picture. Let's look at all the things that we are doing, not all the things that we aren't doing. And just in our culture, I, we can all see we're so hypercritical of moms and what moms are doing. Do we share that same energy to dads? No, we don't. We're... I mean, I find myself doing it when I see a kid on, on a video on like Twitter, or Instagram, and I'm like, why is that mom doing this? <laughs> that, like I have to check myself with because parenting looks different for everyone. Kids are unique. Moms are unique. Like there are relationships that are different than our own, but that doesn't mean that they're bad. It's going back to, you know, relinquishing control. I don't think we should have this like hypercritical focus on specifically moms and never on dads. Yes. Oh, that's so true. It reminds me of a conversation. We were at uh, Avery, who's Kylie's little sister's soccer game the other day. And I was talking to a mom and her daughter, Avery's age is the oldest. And of course, Avery's the youngest. And we were talking about the grades and going online and looking at the grades. She's like, oh gosh, I know I'm on it every day. And I'm like, I have been on it this whole year. <laughs> and she's like, really? Like looking at me like I was crazy. And she has three kids too. And I said, you just let me know when David is in high school, <laughs> if yeah. you are still going on that every day. Yeah. I mean, when I was in, if I was in high school right now, you'd probably be a little bit more like looking over my shoulder because I'm the oldest, but. Oh yeah, totally. I would be. <laughs> I would be. I know. In some ways, the oldest have it so much harder because we don't know. Like we think that everything is critical and is going to change how your life is going if we mess up on any little thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then you realize, gosh, you know, that happened and she's okay, or, you know? Mm -hmm. So kind of learning from other moms. That's kind of, you know, why this podcast is so great. You can kind of 
hear, you know, what we've been through and hopefully others will share their stories and, and give themselves, like you said, a little bit more grace. So Kylie, how <laughs> can our listeners get a hold of you? How can they find you? Um, you guys can find me on Instagram at Kylie, K-Y-L-E-E Steel. Um, so I also recommend following Bev Steel on Instagram if you're not already doing that. Just her Instagram is so iconic, but occasionally Bev does get featured on my Instagram. So if you want to follow me on that. Most of them are following Bitches Be Brave on Instagram, but <laughs> now I'm going to have my personal one's going to blow up. That's exciting. <laughs> And Kylie, uh, a question that we always ask our guests, what does it mean to you to be brave? I think to me, being brave is synonymous with being bold and going that, taking those extra steps. I think um, for women, a lot of the times um, we like to fall into these categories where we like to take everything on. Um, we listen and we're, you know, very internal. And I think that being brave is challenging that narrative. Um, being able to say no, like we were talking about earlier, that takes so, so much boldness um, and a lot of bravery in some circumstances because, you know, we're being told that we're supposed to just be saying yes and doing, you know, whatever is asked of us. And I think that bravery looks like stepping outside of kind of what this, I don't want to get too into society, but you know, kind of what the culture is telling us. Yeah. Um, and being, being able to say no is so important. Well, I love that word bold because you don't usually see that word bold associated with a woman. You know, when I think of bold, you know, maybe it's a gladiator or something, but <laughs> we can be bold and brave and be okay. And you do have to be bold to to stand up and say, this is what I want for my life, my family, my happiness. And I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that in a post. Yeah. I think, I think we should also be telling women, you know, what they, what's not going on. You know, instead of telling women, I hear so much like, um, women aren't making this much. Women aren't getting hired as much. You know, it's all these negatives. Like, okay, that really is daunting. Why should I be excited to apply for these companies that want to be paying me less? Why should I be excited to apply for these companies that want to hire men more than they want to hire women? And I wonder if instead of um, telling women these things, if we were telling them, hey, you know, your male counterparts are negotiating for higher salaries and you're not. So what can we be doing? We can be negotiating for higher salaries. Right. And counterparts are more likely to say no when they're being asked to have these tasks. They're more likely to focus on that one task than take on X, Y, and Z and, you know, overfill their plate. And I, I wonder if we were telling them the things that they could be doing rather than the things that aren't happening, if that would be empowering them to be brave more often. Yeah, I love that. That reminds me of something your dad was just telling me about um, when women are in a job interview and they're asked, what do you want to make? they, instead of answering, what does the job pay? They answer the question and that keeps them in that same salary bracket. than had they asked the question, what does the job pay? So I think that is a great, great message and a great takeaway for today. 
you don't have to answer the question. You can answer the question with a question. Exactly. <laughs> you can say, hey, what's your budget for this position? Yeah. And whatever that high end is, that's your starting point. Exactly. That's how you negotiate. <laughs> hey, if that vet thing doesn't work, sales might be a good one for you. Yeah, I, don't know. I remember, okay, last anecdote. I remember when we were going to get my first car and we would have to go to all the dealerships in San Diego, California, because you needed to get the best possible deal that you could, which was already so frustrating. But I also remember when we would go in and we'd have these car salesmen dudes coming up to us and, you know, trying to negotiate the best prices. And you were like, you know what, Kylie, we're going to walk, we're going to walk and he's going to call us back. And Time after time again, they did. And you would say your price. You would stand there. I was so uncomfortable at the time because I was like, oh, cringe. Like, let's just pay. Let's just pay how much he wants. <laughs> you, you walked almost every single time, which at the time I was so mad. I just wanted my Jetta. But now looking back, it's like such a good lesson for me to learn because you have to be able to be bold, be brave, which you were in that circumstance. And, yeah. you know, you have to just be able to walk if you're not getting your worth, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I remember a couple of times, a couple of men that we were dealing with acted like I was completely ridiculous. And I said, no, we want this. We want this. This is our price. You can't do it. Great. Thank you very much. And we left. <laughs> so we found out pretty soon that they were able to do that. And so, yeah, I was definitely bold. And I know was horrible for you, but you learned a great lesson <laughs> for the future, right? <laughs> Never pay what they're asking you to pay. Never take mom shopping for a car. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Well, Kylie, I loved having you on and you gave so many good tips and inspirations. I know for a lot of moms that are probably came and listened to this podcast and thought, oh my gosh, you know, feeling so guilty and I'm making all these mistakes and you've actually made it feel like, you know what, it's okay not to be perfect. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so happy to be on this and I'm so proud of everything you've done. And just, I'm so proud of you, mom. And this is just like your baby and something you've been wanting to do for so long. And just to see you actually like realize it and you know, your merch is coming out soon. I'm so excited for that. Like, it's so fun to just be able to uh, watch your progress. And I'm, I'm so proud of you. I love you, Kai. I love you, you, Mom. You made my life. Aw, you're too sweet. Be brave. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And I'd like to ask you, if you did, if you could please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and a five-star rating, I hope. I really would like to get this podcast out to more women, supporting women, and I can't do it without your help. Thanks so much, and be brave.